things. Sounds a little hot, maybe. Um, wow. Wow, Catherine. Where'd you go? Wow. Super, super proud of you. I've, I've known Catherine for a lot of years, and uh, you're an amazing woman of God, amazing daughter of the King. And uh, she's, it's kind of funny how... Um, we, none of us can see ourselves quite as easily as others can when they're looking on. But Catherine's always been one of those that's gone after the more. Uh, maybe there's seasons where you haven't felt like you have as much, but I've always seen that. And uh, I love how Holy Spirit orchestrates things because what she just shared, and especially what she just prayed, oh my goodness, like that's exactly what I'm talking about tonight. Exactly, exactly. And neither one of us knew that. Um, so I want to stop just for a minute right from the start to say Holy Spirit you have our permission you have to have access to our hearts I'm just I'm feeling your heart. I mean, how, how could we not feel your heart after, after what we just heard about Cambodia? I, I'm feeling your heart, Papa, just for all of your kids all over the earth. And you've given us, you've given us authority. You've given us permission. You've given us your very heart and your very spirit to go and represent you. So God, I'm asking that you would take us beyond ourselves, beyond um, living in a place of fear of wondering if you're going to take care of us individually to a place where we know that we know that we know your heart for us. We know and walk in a place of certainty so that we can be that answer and that ambassador that represents the heart of Jesus in astounding ways everywhere we go. Holy Spirit, we need your help. We need your help to get this to the depth of our being. We're giving you permission to do the kind of surgery, heart surgery that only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hmm. See if this is going. It's on. Oh, there we go. Okay. Thanks. So tonight I want to talk about uh, being entrepreneurial sons and daughters of the king. I'm going to define entrepreneurial in a minute. I think most of you have an idea of what that means. But I got to say right from the start, this is probably a different message than most of you have heard. If you've been around for a while, you've heard me preach. You're pretty used to me talking about um, the passion of the father for you that never changes. And... Uh, for sure, I'll, I'll touch on that tonight because I can't talk about anything and not talk about that somewhere. But that's not really my main message tonight. You've heard me talk a lot about the finished work of the cross, that Jesus did it all. We get to rest in that and, and flow from that. And that has everything to do with this message. But tonight, this is a little bit different. This, something's been stirring in me big time. 
over the last, I'll, I'll say about the last month or so. Whew. I think a lot of this goes back to the rest that we had, the sabbatical rest in December and January that Suzanne and I needed. It was awesome. We came back and, um, and, and suddenly God is telling us, hey, I got, I got plans for you to be a family together just and have relationships from heaven to earth, uh, relationships just like heaven has. Um, and so we, we're, we're going there. We're not stopping. We're all about the Lord's presence. But something is stirring. Um, the more I've been soaking, many of you, I saw about 20 of you downstairs at the soaking time. Wasn't that good? I mean, I loved that, even for half an hour, just to rest in Papa's presence. And the more that I'm doing that and doing it and doing it, it's, it's much more than what Todd said is true. The soaking, like soaking dishes, yeah, things can get off of you that maybe uh, need, you need to be cleaned from, but it's so much more than that. It's, it's, uh, it is about resting in who Papa says you are. It's about, it's about ceasing from your striving and, and just looking at what he looks at when he looks at you. And in that place, um, in that place is brilliance. I just talked about it's time to think brilliantly. Who is the brilliant one? Who, who has the answers to everything? Everything. So in that place of soaking, in that place of, of resting, resting doesn't mean don't do anything. That's not the definition of rest. Rest is believing to the core of your being that God is astoundingly good and that goodness is directed towards you in this love covenant. It's, it's resting in that goodness of God that causes you to be who you are, believe what God says about yourself, and then be that to the world. So in this place of rest, something's been stirring up in me. And, and it is this, this, uh, thinking brilliantly thing. It's, it's, uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go on cause I'm going to get into it here. Now, when you look at this picture, um, I use this picture to, to just cause you to think about your own life for a minute. There's a couple different ways of looking at your life. Um, you can look at everything about your life and you can either say, Oh crud. This like scares, scares me to bits. I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, I don't have control over these things. So fear can play a big part in how you look at your life. Or you could be that same person and go, whoa, this is, this is, an, I, wow, this is way beyond me. But what an adventure. See, those, honestly, primarily, we're going we're gonna to look at life one of these two ways. You're either going to look at it with a lot of fear because you're feeling out of control or you're going to say, whoa, I am out of control, but this is going to be good because I have a good papa. So what, what's going to happen today? Here's another way of looking at that same idea. All right. You got, you got some massive waves here, which are beautiful. You know, when you look at something like that, you go, whoa. Okay. Now picture yourself in there for a minute. Whoo. Okay, either, yeah, it's either going to be scary, like, whoa, there's a lot of power there and understandable, because, yeah, that, that might be a kind of a scary place to be. Or you might say, where's my board? Where's my surfboard? Because we're going surfing. How are you going to look at your life? How are you looking at your life?
Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to stir it up tonight. I'm asking you to take us places tonight. I'm talking about a paradigm shift. A different way of seeing reality with the mind of Christ. Whenever you're talking about a paradigm shift, you're saying we, we, there was one way we were operating, we're now going to operate in an entirely different way, right? And, and we, what God is saying is no more to his kids, no more operating in fear. No more operating in, I, I don't know what's going to happen and, I, and I'm out of control, so I'm just going to go crazy. And No, God says, no, no, stop that. You're, you're here because I want you here in this time, in this place. When you were speaking, Catherine, one of the things I thought about was, you know, in Isaiah, I think it's 61, 60 or 61, where it talks about the darkness increasing, right? But then the light, the light is increasing. One of the things about the darkness today is it's in your face. Like, like so much more than just a generation ago. It is in your face. You don't have to go looking too, too hard or far for darkness. But how much more is the light coming in people's faces? There's, there's something rising up. And you are alive in this time and in this place to be a, a bright light for the king. You ought to be super excited. When I was, when I was with um, Leif Hetland, when he was here a couple weeks ago, the, the Papa's love guy. Oh my goodness. Amazing Leif Hetland. I would be, I would be with him when we were say we, we would go talk to another pastor who was kind of feeling not so good and kind of afraid of some things going on. And, um, and the more, it was so funny. I saw Leif do this several times, but what would happen is this person would be sharing and saying, oh, and this is going wrong and this is bad. And, and, oh, and the more they would start to share that, Leif would just cut in after a while and go, he'd say, oh, you're, you're getting me excited because now I can't, I can't wait to see what Papa's going to do here. He would just refuse to take it. And he would say, no, you're looking at this all wrong. This is amazing. What's Papa going to do today for you? Is that pretty good life, Hetlin? I mean, you know. <laughs> By the way, Russ and Susan are coming back from England uh, where they've been with life and several other people for a couple weeks. So probably next week you'll hear from them a little bit about their trip. A different way, a paradigm shift. Check out this quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. A chief event of life is the day in which we have encountered a mind that startled us. I'll let you think about that for a minute. You are brilliant beyond measure. Every single person in this room. You actually have no excuses for, for not having brilliance just flow out of you every day of your life because the brilliant one made his home inside of you. And, and the day that you figure that out and you go, whoa, honestly, there are, there are many days now where I go, wow, that was brilliant. I, I just had some brilliant thoughts. And I know they were brilliant because I know they were all gods. They were way beyond what I could have thought. I, I know I got my own thoughts that are just so-so, but... The brilliant ones, oh my goodness, they come from him. You have the very same. But you have to realize, you have to realize that you, you, ha you are tapped into that all the time. When you gain access to it, though, is when you're aware. When you're actually intentionally aware of the brilliant one who lives inside of you. 
When you, when you stop operating in fear, fear says, oh no, oh no, oh no, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Stop. Papa. Who are you for me in this situation? Show your brilliance. What, what's the answer? Just the other day, Suzanne and I were going, I mean, God cares about big things and little things. The other day we were going to the, our storage unit. We were, we're done with our KTSSM, our School of Supernatural Ministry. Awesome year. But we're done with the stuff. We've got to move all that stuff into the, the, the storage. And we realize we don't have any more room in that storage. <laughs> we certainly don't have room for what we're bringing over. And so you, start, you could start right there. Your mind starts, oh, what do we need to do? do we, okay, do we buy another storage unit? You know, da, 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 whatever. Your mind starts going like this, right? Instead... We stopped and I said, Holy Spirit, what's your brilliant answer? Because I know you got one. Can't wait to see what happens when we get there. And we get there, and I know this is going to sound like maybe for some of you not that. It's God, trust me. We, we have these chairs already stacked about yay high, you know, four st- stacks of them. And as soon as I walked in there, Holy Spirit says, oh, you can put a third, a third, a third, all the way to the very top. You can do this, you can do that. I mean, next thing we had... Honestly, by the time we left, we had more room in there than when we started after we put everything in there. That, I promise you, that was God. And I promise you that the brilliance came because we actually stopped to ask him. We have to get in this habit of knowing we carry the brilliant one in us. He's got answers to the little things and the big things. And, and here's the thing. He has answers to your stuff, which to you seems really big because it's you. But he says, oh, honestly, really? That's kind of the little stuff because I already promised you I would take care of you. The big stuff is out in the world. So let's just, let's just get this straight. I'm going to take care of you. Keep asking for my brilliance because I'm going to take care of you. And once you see it and once you believe it and once you know, have a track record and know my goodness, let's go bring it to the world. And keep asking me for my brilliance out there. Okay, that's the paradigm shift that's going on. Oh, let me, let me stop real quick. Sorry, that was Graham. So I just want to, I want to, uh, intro this. This is, uh, apologize for the audio. It's not the greatest, but it was just too good. I had to put it in there. So there's a three minute video clip from, from Graham Cook about, about having the mind of Christ. And he is one of the most brilliant thinkers I know, Graham Cook. And he's calling the body of Christ up and saying, come on. He's one of those saying, come on, body of Christ, get this, get this. We do have the answers. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to it. This is, uh, Graham's going to be here, by the way, in the middle of October. I want to talk about the mind of Christ. I think the mind of Christ is the most extraordinary. That has ever been. And we as a new creation need to think brilliantly about God and about ourselves and we need a mind and a heart that's so combined in the presence of God that nothing is going to upset you or overwhelm you or overpower you ever again I want to release a place of such strength in terms of heart and in terms of our mind really being fused with the presence of God that we will overcome everything that is against us. I want to see what it means. I want to know what it means to be renewed in the spirit of our thinking, to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, 
to have a mindset so astonishing, so powerful, it defeats the enemy and renders him useless. I want that way of thinking. I want a way of seeing and perceiving. So amazing, so astonishing that we step into a place of overcoming. I like the fight. I have relished the fight for three decades on five continents. But I want to overcome more than I ever have done before. I want to step into a place of overcoming where the enemy thinks it's not worth it. I want that place. I want that place. We are in extraordinary times. It's about time we all raise the bar in our own life. Jesus is that bar. We need to raise our relationship with him to a level that makes him satisfied. There we go. That's Graham, all right. Um, just a week ago, uh, Suzanne and I had lunch with Graham, and uh, it, every time we meet with him, it's it's uh, very challenging in an extremely good way. I, uh, in an extremely good way, he has you know he's agreed to to uh, to really pour into our lives, to speak into our lives, and. Um, but there's just something about him. You're around him and there's something that raises you up with him that says, come on, come on, let's get this. So we have to see ourselves as entrepreneurial sons and daughters of our Papa and our King. Let me just describe entrepreneurial to you. An entrepreneur, innovators who are highly creative with a tendency to imagine new solutions by finding opportunities for profit or reward. Now, right there, some Christians will go, well, I, you know, I don't know if I can be an entrepreneur then because it can't be about my profit or my reward. No, this has nothing to do with you. Remember, the spoils all go to Jesus. Remember that? But we're supposed to be brilliant. Who's going to give us those? Who's going to make us an innovator? Hey, are there any innovators in this room? I, I hope you're all raising your hand. Are uh, any of you highly creative? Yeah, I hope you all are because... The innovator and the highly creative one lives inside of you. Now, be, just because we think differently, we innovate differently, we're creative in different ways than other people, sometimes we disqualify ourselves. Well, I'm not creative like that person. No, you're creative like you are, like Christ in you. That's how you're creative. Creative means you kind of come up with brilliant ideas for situations in your own life and the lives of others that are going to massively help them. Isn't that why we're alive? <laughs> Okay, an, on, uh, an enterprising individual who builds capital through risk and or initiative. Now, building capital, that sounds like, gosh, aren't we getting danger, dangerously close to, you know, for the love of money, you know, all that kind of stuff. The love of money is evil. No, no, not at all. Um, wouldn't you, wouldn't you, let me just ask you, Catherine, wouldn't you uh, like to have all kinds of capital at your disposal to use however you should choose to use it? However you and God say to use it, wouldn't that be amazing? Because what do we do? We have all these dreams, and then the first thing we say is, oh, but I can't do that because I don't have an... Just listen to, our, listen to our language. See, we're not, we're not thinking creatively. We're not thinking as entrepreneurs. We're thinking in a different way. Let me, 
let me, uh, oh, okay. Let me go. Um, I, the reason why I picked this scripture, let me go back really quick. Because I said right there, on, uh, enterprising individuals who build capital through risk and or initiative. And you're saying, well, where is that in the Bible? How about just, how about this? God is a rewarder of those who seek him out. That's the new covenant. And you're saying, well, Brent, the reward is God. I totally agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. He is our reward. He is our inheritance. He is our cup. He is our portion. Absolutely. But he's saying, if you will keep seeking me out and keep seeking me out and ask me for every single idea, everything you need, watch how I'm going to reward you over and over and over again because you want me, because you actually believe I have something to tell you that's of worth. So... So there you go. Um, here, this is uh, this was from Forbes. Five essential qualities for entrepreneurial leadership. I, I told you this was going to be a different talk for me. Like some of you are going, hmm, why, why is he talking about Forbes? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you exactly why. Because there's a whole lot of truth in this. It's just that we use different language. So I'm going to go ahead and use that different language as I go along. But this is Forbes. Five essential qualities for entrepreneurial leadership. One, vision and dissatisfaction with the present. Now, vision, we're all good with that, right? In the kingdom, rather than saying dissatisfaction with the present, I would say, we say, more, Lord. We have got to have more. We love what you've given us. We love uh, the revelation we have, but we have to have more. All right? That's what that is. Number two, knowing and taking advantage of your unfair advantages. I love that. What makes a good entrepreneurial leadership? They take care. They uh, take advantage of their unfair advantages. You know what we would call that? Favor. You have the favor of God all over you. How unfair is that? That means you're successful before you even started. And let me tell you, favor is not just an external God breathing on you. That is favor too, and 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 causing things to work out for you. That's part of favor. Big part of favor, though, is how you were wired, who he made you to be. That is his favor all over you. Your, your character qualities, the very things, the essence of who you are that makes you a remarkable person that represents Jesus like nobody else on this planet. That's crazy favor. So take advantage of that. What, it, what is that? That's how you become an entrepreneur. Number three, the ability to get people on board and to add to the vision. That's just smart leadership. It's all through scripture. God will give a vision to somebody. Pick a Moses and Abraham somebody. Next thing you know, there's a bunch of people around them. Because people follow vision. But then you gather the people and then you begin to find out where their, what their vision is. What their uh, qualities are. And they start adding to it and the vision gets better and bigger. That's, that's just smart leadership. Number four, flexibility to adapt. Openness to feedback and the ability to learn. That just means, you know, we're humble enough to know we haven't all, don't have it all figured out, right? So we, we need input. If you think you don't need input, um, <laughs> if you think you don't need input, then, then you're, you're going to be limited in what you can do for the Lord. So go ahead and listen to the people he puts around you, to their wisdom. And the fifth one is persistence and execution. So you, you stay at it, right? We would call that perseverance. Perseverance in the, in the New Testament, hupomeno, means hanging in there under pressure. There's a lot of promises, great promises for us as believers when we hang in there under pressure. Right? That's what that is. Entrepreneurs have a long-term vision, 
but they're also relentlessly focused on the activities that get them to their vision here and now. So we see the big picture, but we're not just waiting for the big picture to happen. Did it happen yet? Is it happening? So you actually, you actually, you have to watch. You have to actually take some steps towards the vision that God's putting in your heart. You actually have to do some things. Okay? And that, and sometimes as Christians, we're, we get, I don't know, we sometimes think that's less spiritual. It's not. It's not at all. It's the plan. It is part of the plan. So it's a father and son. And by the way, that's sons, as you know, as daughters. It's male, female, all of us. We're all sons of the king. We're all brides and we're all sons. Father and son construction company. He says, I want to do this with you. So you got the dad there. You know, he's helping out his son. Could the dad do it alone? Of course he could. That isn't the point. Right? The point is, he wants to bring his son along. He wants to train his son up. He wants, he wants to give his son relationship that his dad is with him and doing things with him. Same as our Heavenly Father. That's the plan. He wants to do it with us. He says, pick up the hammer. Let's, there's the nail. This is how you strike it. Do it. Let's do something. Where do you see that in Scripture? Oh, oh let's just say everywhere. It's kind of all over the place, but I'll give you a few of them. This is Papa Yahweh in Genesis 1.28 who says, Be fruitful and increase in numbers. Fill the earth and subdue it. That's one of the first things he says. Hey, I want you to increase and I want you to rule over this. This place is, we're going to do this together. All right? Here's one. Psalm 2.8. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. What would you do with a nation? Do you want a nation? He's put it into your, right into your, into your heart, into your spiritual DNA to want nations. What would you do with that? I don't know. Why don't you start asking God? Why don't you start dreaming with him and telling him which nations you want? And as he gives you access, what you'd like to do to bring the kingdom to that nation. So he wants to do this with you, but he wants to hear from you. I remember Heidi Baker, um, you know, many years ago and the Lord saying, Heidi, you know, she's already doing amazing things around the world. But she's, he says, Heidi, what do, you, what do you want to do? She says, well, Lord, I, I want to do whatever you want to do. Doesn't that sound like a nice spiritual answer? He says, I, I know you do, but what do you want to do? And uh, she, you know, he kind of forced the issue for a while until she finally said, oh, okay, I get it. All right. Well, what I really want to do is go and take care of the orphans and the widows in Mozambique. And he says, good. That's what I want to do too. Let's go do that together. But he... Of course he put it in her heart, but he, he's waiting for us to actually verbalize what we want and to, and to take steps. Has Heidi taken steps towards the vision of capturing Mozambique? Oh, like crazy. Sometimes we think, oh, you know, God, give me Mozambique, and then that's it. That's all we got to do. Oh, my goodness. The people that are around the world, the, the, the Georgian and Winnie Banovs, the Leif Hetlands, the, you name it. You know, these people that, that are out making a huge difference in the world, they are brilliant thinkers. And, and they surround themselves with brilliant thinkers. And they've got plans galore. Do those plans change? All the time because of life and the Holy Spirit comes in and says, we're going to do this. It's all very fluid. But they don't just sit around going, hmm, I wonder how we're going to take Mozambique. 
Guaranteed doesn't happen. You know, Leif Hantlin doesn't say, hmm, wonder how we're going to take Pakistan. But he's doing it. Because he and the Lord, they're planning together. And he gathered some people around him who caught his vision. Do you see how it works? We pick up the hammer and we actually work with the Lord. Here's another one. Again, we're, we're saying, where does God say, you, I want you to do this with me? Here's Jesus, who represented the Father, right? As you go, I want you to proclaim the kingdom. And as you go, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. He didn't even go with them, by the way. I'm just saying. He says, I want you to go do this. I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cast out demons. I want you to raise the dead, etc., etc." He wasn't even done yet. Right? Okay, so we're to be involved. Here's another one. Make disciples of all nations. There's Jesus echoing the same cry of the Father. And one more. Jesus says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. There's there's all kinds of places where he says, hey, this is what I've brought you. Let's go do it. Let's go do it. Let's go do it. Let's go. Okay? Over and over and over again. God is... For you. I told you I couldn't not say this. Somewhere in this message. (laughs) He's totally for you. Every second of every day of your life. It's a covenant love that he established. Jesus secured on the cross. You're in. The moment you said yes to Jesus. You're in this eternal love covenant that never ever ends. And the main thing is. He's for you. He's for you. He's for you. He's for you all the time. All right. Jeremiah 32. I'm not going to read all these. Jeremiah 32 says, says uh, this, this covenant I will establish to be for you. I'm going to be for you. I'm going to, it's my joy to be for you. It's what I love to do. Romans 8, 28. I'm going to cause all things to work for your good. Second Corinthians 9, 10 and 11 says, don't even worry about the finances. It's my joy to give it to you, but let's be about my kingdom. Okay, And then 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says, In his great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept for you in heaven. Now, why would I bring this scripture up? It just totally gripped me. Um, I don't know if it was this morning or last night. I can't remember now. It just totally gripped me. Because... So often we read this and we go, cool, I got an inheritance and it's waiting for me in heaven. It's where we get a lot of our theology that where everything's waiting for someday when we leave this earth and we go be with Jesus. Where are you seated right now? Heavenly places with Christ Jesus, which means everything that's yours, the inheritance is yours now, provided you are operating from heaven to earth. That's the provision. What, what do I mean by that? I mean, if you're operating in fear from earth and you're wondering if God's there and you're hoping he's there and hoping he's for you, but God, what do I, you know, oh, oh, oh no, oh no. The fear thing sets in. You're operating from earth right now. God says, now how about you operate up here? You remember where you're seated. You remember that everything is yours right now. Now you're going to look at the world entirely differently. Now everything that is already yours, you have at hand. It's at your disposal. That's the kingdom. It's from heaven to earth. 
This is not saying that one day, someday, everything that's waiting for you, you'll get to have because he's holding it all for you. Of course you have more one day. No problem. I'm looking forward to that one day. But I'm telling you, we all got, uh, well, we all have it all right here. And we're going to experience more and more of it right here as we agree with God. So if we truly believe this, then there's no more orphan spirit. If we truly believe that our Papa God has our best interests at heart all the time, there's no room for an orphan spirit anymore. Orphan spirit says, um, I don't even know if I'm going to get taken care of. Don't know if God's going to come through. Um, I get really upset when he blesses you because that means there's less for me. Orphan spirit has a lot of uglies to it. And, and mostly what it does is it completely immobilizes you from doing anything. Because if you don't believe he's going to take care of you, why would you start to be his answer to the world? That's why it's so important we get it for ourselves, but it's so important it doesn't stop with ourselves. Yourself is just the first step in reaching the entire world. So if you aren't believing this, if you're not believing that Papa God is good and for you all the time, I, I have to be honest with you, you have some healing to do. There's places in your heart because of things that have happened in your life where you are not accessing that. So get some healing. Sozo ministry, inner healing. One great place is just going to he- straight to heaven. Why don't you just go straight to heaven and say, Jesus, where's this coming from? Let's deal with this. Let, in other words, get real. Be real with him. Stop pretending you got it all together. And if you're not feeling these things, if you're not feeling on this Father's Day that Papa God is a great Papa and adores you, why don't you just ask him why? Where's that coming from? And God, you know what? I'm ready to deal with it. That's an invitation he can't refuse. So no more orphan spirit. That's one extreme. So when you're, when you're believing Papa's goodness for you, and you're going to go take this to the world, that leaves no room for an orphan spirit, but it also leaves no room for entitlement. Entitlement's kind of on the other spectrum, end of the spectrum, that says, well... The world's supposed to come to me on a silver spoon. I, I get it all. It's supposed to be mine. There's, hear my heart on this because it's actually there's some of that that's true. Absolutely true. Everything is yours. There, there needs to be this certainty in your heart. But entitlement says, not a thing. I don't have a part in this. And you know what happens in entitlement is if you just, you know, every, I deserve everything, everything is supposed to be easy, it's all supposed to come my way. The problem is, is, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. I know what I was saying, I just don't remember where I was going. I know I'm blessing some of you a lot, you're like, oh good, it's not just me. <laughs> all right, let me start again. So with entitlement, that the world comes to me. Um, the problem is, is that you don't understand your part. You don't, you think that, um, you know, as I'm sitting here, I don't have to do anything. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to start blaming a lot of people. Because when, when it doesn't all come your way without you doing anything to be part of it, then it's going to be like, well, God, where were you? Or you start blaming people. That's what can happen. So there's, there is a different place that's not an orphan spirit. It's not entitlement, but it's you having the brilliance of Christ in your mind. So my question to you is, 
what is, what is perplexing you right now? What situations are facing you where you're like, God, I don't have the answers. I really want you to think about it for a minute. Some of you know right away. Some of you are, you know, starting to come to you a little bit. Okay. I really wanted to give you a minute to think about it because I want to ask God to give some answers. Some of you, he's going to give you some answers really soon. Some of you, like right now as you're sitting there, you will get ahas for situations you did not know. I also just want to model this for you because one of the things, one of the tools I want to give to you, one of the things I'm hoping you take away from this tonight is get used to asking the brilliant one who lives in you over and over again for the little things and the big things. Papa, what do I do? What's, what's the wisdom I need? <laughs> when we were having lunch with Graham, one of the ways he said it was to ask God, God, if you were me, what would you do right now? Isn't that awesome? I'm like, I'm using that. In fact, I have used that several times since. God, if you were me, what would you be doing right about now? Because, see, God doesn't, he's not wringing his hands, you know, wondering how this is all going to work out for you. It's just not happening. But I can tell you that sometimes part of the reason why we're stuck, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes the reason why we're stuck longer than we need to be is because we're trying to work it all out for ourselves. And he's up there going, man, I wish you'd ask me. Because I'll just, I'll, I'll lay it out there for you, but boy, do I want to be in this together with you. So I'll, I'll let you f- try to figure it out for a while. But see, his heart, the Father's heart aches for a relationship. You know, so much that, again, he put his very spirit inside of us, this, the counselor, Holy Spirit really is brilliant. And um, so we're going to stop now. As, as you think about, you know, what it is, your own situations, let's just stop for a minute. Go ahead. And, I mean, for most of you, it's going to be helpful to close your eyes. You don't have to, but just get in a place where you can actually concentrate a little bit, focus on the Lord. Whew. And so we're saying to you, Father, uh, thank you that we are your, your loved, cherished, wanted kids. Thank you that... You've got the answers to everything we need. Any situation where we're wondering, how's this going to work out? How am I going to have the resources for this? How is, how is this relationship thing going to iron itself out? You are the brilliant one. And we're saying to you, hey, God, what would you do if you were in our place? What would you do? Holy Spirit, would you begin, even right now, to download from heaven some of the answers right into us? We're asking for brilliance. (laughs) And I want to tell you, go ahead and stay in this place with the Lord, but I just want to tell you, the pressure is off. Sometimes we can't hear the Lord because we've put so much pressure on ourselves or on the situation. And I want to remind you that sometimes when it seems like nothing's happening and you've earnestly sought God, it's because waiting is the absolute best thing for you right now. 
I could give you examples of that too, but trust me. Sometimes what's going to work a week from now won't work today. Because not everything is lined up yet. So you go back to trusting Papa. Even if right now you don't feel like you got to download or have the answer yet, go back to that place of simplicity that says, Daddy, you're good. You can go ahead and tell him, you're good. Just tell him, you're good. And you're for me. Tell him that, you're good and you're for me. I can't tell you how therapeutic this is for you. <laughs> you're good, you're for me. You, you want to work things out for me, God. It's what you like to do. It's what you promise to do. And so I'm asking God that you would release from us the, the fear, that, that fear-based thing that isn't our friend. I command fear to go. Leave us alone. We don't want you anymore. And, and, and Lord, would you heal us from any places of an orphan spirit where we still somehow in the core of our being live in a place of lack, of a feeling of lack, that there's, there's just never enough or always waiting for the other shoe to drop. God, would you take that foreboding thing off of us that, and that, that anxiety thing off of us that won't allow us to take a risk. Every one of your great leaders, Lord, in history, we can read it in the scriptures. Man, did they take risks. They were bold. They did so because they developed a track record with you. And then when you asked them to do crazy things, they said yes. <laughs> God, we're that, we're that people. We're your, we're your kids. We're the continuation of the litany in Hebrews 11 of people of great faith. Can you just say that about yourself? I'm a person of great faith. Say it out loud. I'm a person of great faith. <laughs> it's time we start believing this. And if there's a part of you that says, well, I don't, I don't know if that's true of me. I don't have a lot of faith. I want to say right there, we're exposing part of that orphan spirit. Because everything that was Christ's is yours. That was the great exchange including his faith. It's in the book of Hebrews. I'm not making this up. But we need to have access to what's ours by actually believing it. That's why you have the mind of Christ. You already have it. Don't ask for the mind of Christ. You already have it. <laughs> but ask to be acquainted with it. Ask, ask the Lord to show you, Lord... Show me just how brilliant I am. Show me how brilliant Jesus is through me. <laughs> That's a much better prayer. We're, uh, we're just about winding this up here. I just thought about, um, this is Deuteronomy 28, 13. I thought about this passage in a very different way as well. Where God says, if you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, and if you'll carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will always be on the top and never at the bottom. See, that's his promise. But he says, you know, I've not made you the tail. You don't have to wait. 
oh, gee, Lord, I'd love to do things for you if one day everything would just line up, you know, in my favor, the stars would line up just right. He says, no, actually, I've given you brilliance to actually be an entrepreneur and generate, even generate income, generate ideas for the kingdom to go and do what I've told you to do. Now, so this, this scripture right here, uh, of course, we usually think about this as in, as in uh, if you obey the commands, I'll bless you. That is absolutely part of the old covenant. I completely agree. That's what this passage is about. So how does it apply to us in the new covenant? When God says, when God says it's, it's no longer about you keeping the rules. It's now about Christ in you, the Holy One living in you from the inside out, right? Well, you look at this and he, he's saying, if you will listen and you'll obey, I'll make you the head. That's in its simplest form. A simple three-step process is ask him for help. I told you that. Ask him over and over again. Listen to him because that actually says you value what he has to say. Why would you listen to him if you didn't think he had the answers? Listen to him. And then, and then, where is it? Do what he says. Hey, that's pretty simple, isn't it? That's how you're going to live an amazing life. Get used to asking him over and over again. Listen to what he's saying and do it. It's not rocket science, I promise you. Here's Moses who did such a thing. This was in the Hebrews 11, 32. About Moses, it was by faith that he left Egypt without fear of the king's anger. So see, when you're living in a place where you, where you hear what the Lord says and you do what he says, you're no longer operating out of fear. He wasn't operating out of fear of what the king was going to say to him, right? Or do to him. And he held on to the, his purpose like someone who could see the invisible. I love that passage. He held on to his purpose. He did not let it go. That's the perseverance part. Keep going. Some of you in here, you've had dreams. And you've let some of them go because you haven't seen it. I, I want to tell you, ask the Lord. But you always want to do things asking him. But if he's breathing on this thing, pick it back up. It's time to pick it back up. It's time to be the body of Christ, right? It's time. It's absolutely time. All right. And the very, this is, well, the very last slide is that this is a matter of the heart. This is an issue of the heart. What do I mean by that? I'm not giving you a bunch of principles and say, I'm primarily not giving you principles and saying, if you'll just do this, this, and this, you know, then you'll get this outcome. No, this is about your heart. This is about your heart. Do, do you believe God is good? Do you believe he's for you? Do you believe you are supposed to make a huge difference in this world, representing him as his ambassador? Do you believe he's got that hammer with you? And he's, and he's hammering this thing with you. Do you believe he has plans for your good? For your welfare? See, it's, an, it's a matter of the heart. It's an issue of the heart. And so if, if, if an orphan thing comes up, if that entitlement thing comes up, it's because there's issues of your heart that need dealing with. So let him deal with it. I'll tell you why. Because we don't have time not to. We don't have time not to. We're, I'm telling you something that I know to my knower, you know, the core of my being, is that this harvest, this huge wave is, is imminent. We don't have time anymore to be, to be scratching our heads and wondering... You know, does God really like me? Is he going to take care of me today? We, we just don't have time for that anymore. Uh, it's, it, we're, we're, we've got to be past that. 
Now, if some of you are, you know, just saved yesterday, no problem. I have all the patience in the world to tell you all about this daddy who loves you. No problem at all. But for those of us who've heard this for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go be Jesus. Because there's nothing stopping you. Are you believing this? There's absolutely nothing stopping you. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) All right. This is what I want to do. I I, I just want to, I want to breathe life into your dreams. I want to tell you, go, go ahead and think like an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is not afraid of new ideas or of exploring things. You're like, well, that's a crazy idea. How could, I don't know that that could ever work. You know what? If you don't explore it, it never will work. Hey, that's a good word right there. If you are getting, you're sitting down, you're asking God or something's been on your heart for a while and you're like, well, that's a crazy idea. I would, I don't even have the first idea how to do that. Well, get an idea, get on the internet, talk to people, go intern somewhere, do whatever you have to do to start going down that road. Take some steps and watch what the Lord does. If he wants you to change directions, he's really good at doing that. He's like, oh, okay, now we're going to go here. He's really good at that. But I'm going to tell you, it, it's a whole lot easier to position you if you're actually moving somewhere. All right? So, honestly, yeah, this is kind of like me saying, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We are going to do this with love. We're going to do it with grace. We've been spending tons of time so that you go represent him accurately, right? We're going to do it as a family because we need each other big time to do this. We need the encouragement. We need the support. And we need to go be Jesus. Absolutely time. Catherine, you're a hero. You're a hero. I know you're not feeling necessarily feeling like that hero. I'm just telling you, you are. Because you just went and did it. And now now I know you. I know your heart. You're going to be like, okay, Lord, what am I going to do with this now? Because I got to do something with this. That's what I love about you. It's awesome. All right, well, let's, let's pray. Let's, let, let, you know, would you just stand? Would you stand with me? I don't know. I'm just feeling like we need to... In fact, okay, I did this just a couple weeks ago, but I am... Uh, earlier was feeling like I need to blow the shofar. So I'm going to do that. Partly what I'm doing I, 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 is, is I want... <sighs> shofar is a war cry, Right? It's, it's a, it's a wake up call. It's a worship weapon. It's a lot of things, but I'm telling you, even if you don't feel anything in your, in your own emotions, it doesn't matter. What the shofar does is it wakes something up in you. And that's what I've been feeling tonight is it's time. It's just for all of us, myself included. I'm, I'm feeling something waking up big time inside of me. We're thinking brilliant. We're thinking brilliantly about about using uh, live streaming to go pastor the world. I mean, that's just, I could, I could honestly tell you, like, a bunch of dreams we have right now, this isn't the time or place for it. I'm saying God's waking something up. And we're thinking brilliantly because we don't have the time not to. We've got to start using what, what we have, who we have living inside of us. So I want to blow the shofar over you um, at some point. I don't know when exactly I'm doing this. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father... We are in agreement that we, we need you like never before. We need you like crazy. We need the brilliance that you have that lives right inside of us. We need to know what we carry. 
And so we're saying to our own spirits, we're saying it's time to rise up, spirit. Just tell your own spirit, it's time to rise up. It's time to rise up and take hold of what is yours. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time, it's time. So thank you, Father. Thank you that we get to be part of this ingathering of the harvest of souls. Thank you, God, that you've been working on our character because we, we have to have your love. We have to have your compassion as we go out. That's the only way we can reach people. But God, thank you that you're stirring us up. You're stirring our spirits up to say we cannot be resting. We cannot sit back and wait for everything to happen. You have invited us to partner with you. And our response, and if this is true, please say it out loud. Our response is yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We want to partner with you. We want to go and bring the good news. We want to be the good news everywhere we go. So God, stir it up. It starts, you guys, it starts as a heart issue. So keep inviting him. God, stir this thing up in you. And if you're not feeling it, that's okay. There's not guilt. Ask him to do it. Say, God, stir it up in me. This thing that that was meant to be a hero, this thing that wants to go make a difference in this world, this thing that cannot just, just say, oh, uh, be, be lackadaisical to the injustices in the world. God, what's our part? Who do we go love? Who do we bring into the kingdom? Show us, show us, show us, show us. So, um, yeah, like some of you are like, I want to release. I want to do something. That's good. That's what this was about. This was supposed to stir you up. Like, I got to go do something for the king. Do something for the king. Um, Stevie, um, and actually both of you, Heather, would you come up just to pray? Since they had that word earlier about backs, if you still got... If you still need healing for your back, I want you to come up and get prayer from them. All right. Um, I also, we, we, we had some, um, is one of the, I didn't even talk to uh, Clayton or like it, but is one of the, are the prayer teams ready if we want them? Okay. So let's go and have the prayer teams too. So um, if you're on for tonight, you would know who you are. Come up right now. All right. And uh, I'm going to be up here too. I, I, I'll tell you what I'm going to do tonight. Um, I will, I will be happy to pray for people. To just be releasing this this fire for what for the brilliance that God's put inside of you, His dreams. But in order to do that, um, I'm not going to pray real long over any of you who come forward. So it's not a time. These other people, you can go ahead and tell them. You know, I need um, prayer for this healing or this relationship or whatever. Nope, no problem. That tell them quickly what you need and let them pray for you. For me, I'm just going to be you know praying a, a, a fire kind of blessing over you. All right. Um, that's it. We're, we're, I bless you. I bless you to go be you. Come here. Hey. Oh. Wait one second. <laughs>